You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. I'll be right back. In my moment of haste, I, I dropped my notes. Um, just say a little prayer um, and talk amongst yourselves. Here it is. Um, thank you for your patience. Um, the sermon continues with these words. Uh, from Paul to the Corinthians. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, uh, it is the power of God. Words written and spoken to the Corinthians, words written and spoken um, to you and to me. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, uh, but to us who are being saved, it is the power uh, of God. This is our second week uh, as we begin to preach through um, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, and Matt did an excellent job last week of kicking us off, and we have another great passage today from the first chapter, Uh, and there is within this short portion of Paul's letter to the Corinthians uh, an amazing amount uh, of uh, truth packed into these few lines, and someone after the 7.30 service share with me a wonderful uh, turn of phrase, one that I I did not remember uh, from uh, a Bob Dylan song. She wrote me a long letter on a short piece of paper. Um, And this is sort of like that. Uh, There's a great deal which is packed in here. And and right out of the gate, Paul makes a number of claims. He makes a number of contentions that you and I must necessarily contend with. Uh, Paul, right out of the gate, makes the bold claim Um, that the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, uh, it is the power of God. And we necessarily um, ask ourselves, is it true um, what he says? Is is Paul right? Uh, And if it is true, and if it is right, what does that say to you and me? What does that say to our lives? In this um, short portion which we read from this morning, Paul claims um, that there are two categories There are two categories, those who are perishing and those who are being saved. He claims um, that God will assert um, that the means of our salvation is not based on our intelligence or our wisdom or our morality. That God works through what the world sees as foolish, uh, as weak, uh, as lowly, as despised. Uh, That God works through the means of the cross and that the means of our salvation is only through the cross of Jesus Christ and that this is God's choice. It was God's choice and God's pleasure to accomplish his salvation in this way. As as he said, God chose that the world would not know him through wisdom, but it pleased God through the folly of what we preach, the folly of the cross, to save those who believe. And that the cross of Jesus is the power of God. Uh, And then lastly, you've you've got all those, right? Um, uh, And and lastly to say uh, as well that because of Jesus uh, and through Jesus that you and I can be clothed in the wisdom of God. You and I can be clothed in the righteousness of God. You and I can be clothed in God's sanctification and his redemption. That our hope, that our certainty, that our security uh, is not in our intelligence, it's not in our moral performance, it's not in anything which we can accomplish or accumulate. Our hope and our certainty uh, is in the cross of Jesus Christ uh, and that alone. 
I came across uh, years ago, and, and I share it with you now, and some of you may have seen this before. It's really, it's both incredibly moving and convicting simultaneously. I, I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with Penn and Teller. Um, Penn and Teller, uh, they're basically the Jay and Silent Bob of magic. Um, if anybody knows Penn and Teller, they, um, they're, uh, they're illusionists, they're magicians, and, and they have a show, and interestingly as well, Penn Gillette, Penn is, Penn's the one that talks, um, in case you were wondering, he's, he's the big guy um, in the show, and he has basically a, a video um, blog where he shares his thoughts, and, and Penn is... Uh, an avowed atheist, uh, and he shares an encounter which he had following one of his shows, and I, I encourage you to, to Google it and to watch the video for yourself. It really is uh, wonderfully moving, and he is obviously uh, deeply touched and he's deeply moved by the encounter that he had with the man that came up to him after the show, and he, he's sharing that after the show, people were um, hanging around to meet him or to get autographs or what have you. And he said he noticed this one guy, a big guy like himself, standing over in what he called hover mode, um, just sort of standing, waiting for the others to clear out that he might be able to come up uh, and speak to him. And, and this man came up and, speak, and spoke to him. Uh, and and uh, I quote uh, some of the conversation between this man and, and Penn Gillette. And Penn is recounting this um, for all who would listen. And the man came up to Gillette again, who is a, a confirmed atheist, and the man began by saying, look, I'm a businessman, uh, I'm sane, I'm, I'm not crazy. Uh, and uh, this is uh, Gillette saying, he said, it was really wonderful. Uh, he was not defensive, looked me right in the eyes, was truly complimentary. And it's funny, he, he sort of continued to say he was nice, um, he was sane, um, he looked me um, in the eye, obviously, um, the assumption that uh, people who are Christians are, are, are not nice and not sane, and I gather we don't make eye contact, um, because that apparently seemed to be. So anyway, in addition to everything else, go out there and make eye contact today. Um, but he, and, 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 and Gillette uh, goes on, he said, I've always said I don't respect people who don't proselytize. If you believe there is a heaven and hell, and you believe people could be going to hell, or not getting eternal life, or whatever, and you think it's not really worth telling them this because it would be socially awkward or whatever. And then he says this, how much do you have to hate somebody not to proselytize? So this is, uh, this is an atheist saying, look, if, 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 if you believe this and if you believe this is true uh, and there's someone that you know in your life, how much do you have to hate them um, not, to share this, uh, not to share this with them? And he, and he goes on, to believe everlasting life is possible and not to tell them that. He said, this guy was a really good guy, polite, once again, honest, sane, uh, and he cared enough about me to proselytize. I know there is no God, and one polite person living right does not change that, but I tell you, he was a very, very, very good man, uh, and that's really important. So at the end he says, you know, I, I, I still believe um, there, there's, there, there's no God and one polite person living right does not change that. But it's clear um, something happened uh, in this encounter, perhaps uh, by the work and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, something softened um, in his life as well, that, that the word of the cross, uh, which is folly um, to some and a stumbling block to others, 
that that word of truth might begin to take root um, in his life as well. And interestingly, as he talks about it, he said, you know, it's, uh, I know there's no God and one polite person living right does not change that. Uh, but of course, uh, part of the um, folly of the proclamation of Christianity is that there was one. There was one um, who lived right. Um, there was one um, who is sufficient. Uh, the dramatic claim of Christianity uh, is a God who is not distant or indifferent. The dramatic claim of Christianity is not a, a moral code or a set of things um, for us to accomplish, things to do and things not to do, that we might then begin to make some progress um, toward God because we know that's not possible. Um, you and I um, aren't able um, to keep the law. We're not able to, leave th to do things and to leave things undone. We need uh, a rescue. We need an intervention. We need one man to come and to live uh, on our behalf. We need someone to come and redeem and ransom uh, and rescue us. And that word is a, is a tremendous word uh, of challenge, uh, not just to atheists, but if we're honest, it's often a word of challenge to you and to me. Uh, as we want to have some uh, accomplishments uh, in our lives that make us worthy and to give us value. We want to have some uh, contribution toward our redemption and our salvation. We want to think, you know what, uh, I'm really a lot better than I was and I'm getting better and better um, every day. Uh, but we hear this wonderful word um, which Paul speaks is that God has graciously intervened with us in Jesus Christ uh, and that he is sufficient um, for our security and our salvation. And there is that invitation um, to you and to me to enter into that relationship where our hope and our trust and our security is found in him uh, to finally and really and ultimately experience the genuine rest um, that is Christianity. And I believe that um, with everything um, I am and yet uh, I find in my life, and perhaps you do as well, that there are plenty uh, of moments where I live um, like a Jew and when I live like a Greek, uh, when I don't um, rejoice uh, in the foolishness of the cross. In one particular instance uh, I share with you now, it, it happened right around this time of year, a number of years ago, I forget exactly, but some uh, friends of ours here, our daughters, uh, we're in school together and cheered together and uh, lots of different things that they uh, were, were good buddies. And they were uh, people that were displaced by Katrina and they moved up here to Birmingham and they invited us. Uh, he was the king of one of the crew balls and it was a big deal and they invited us to come down and we were delighted to go down um, to the big event. And so we traveled down to um, New Orleans, Paula and I, and we arrive at the event. It was uh, I, sort of one of those, I can't remember, started at 9.30 or 10. It was a, it was a late night event and we, I needed to take a nap. Um, so I'd be ready. That was my bedtime. So we arrived there uh, and they, they look at me and they say, I'm sorry, sir, you're not going to be able to come in. And I thought, what? Uh, we've driven all the way from uh, Birmingham down to New Orleans. I, I mean, I, you know, it's kind of one of those, you, you know, checked, well, checked everything. And I thought, I'd, took my tux to the cleaners, um, I shined my shoes, I combed my hair, I, I thought I looked kind of nice. Um, but they said, I'm sorry, sir, um, you're not going to be able to come in. Uh, it's costume de rigueur. Um, so they were um, specific. One needed to be clothed in um, white, white shirt, white tie, uh, and tails, not um, black tie. I'm sorry, sir, you're not going to be able to come in. Uh, and uh, I said, well, I said, I'm so sorry. I said, I'm so embarrassed. Is, is there anywhere I can, I can go um, to get what I need? And they said, no, every, every, 
Uh, every, place is, uh, every place is closed. There's nowhere you could go. Um, yeah, basically implied, enjoy your trip home um, because, you're not co- because you're not coming in. Well, if any of you know um, my wife, um, she's, she's a lovely pit bull. Um, and she was not, she's like, that's ridiculous. And so she starts hammering them, and, and she's much better at that than I, so I just, you know, I, I clam up, I'm quiet, while Paula goes to work on them, and, and, and not surprisingly, she wears them down, they say, okay, you can come in, uh, but basically stay in the shadows, um, don't go out on the dance floor, don't speak to the people, um, don't mingle, just, you know, just stand um, in, in the back uh, and let things go on. Well, of course, you know, the next thing you know, here, here we go, and Paul's like, Craig, no one's going to notice. Don't be ridiculous. No one's going to notice. I'm like, I'm the only man here in a black tie. Uh, people are, are going um, to notice. And as you might imagine, uh, I began to do a number of healthy spiritual things. I began mentally to blame my wife. Um, uh, I thought, you know, I guarantee you our friends sent an email detailing uh, this specification they did. Not that I'm salty, not that I'm keeping score, but they did. We, I said, when we get home, we're going to check. I said, I guarantee you, um, they sent an email to tell you all of this um, they, they had. And, you know, as I say, healthy spiritual practice, I began to score, keep thinking, I'm a much better person than Paula. Um, I would never let this happen to her. I would have checked. I would have made known blame. It's not me. Um, it's her. Uh, it's not me. Um, it's, it's someone else. Uh, you know, began uh, all of that and, and began scorekeeping in my mind. Then thankfully God's uh, gracious uh, intervention to remind me uh, of the scorekeeping thinking, you know, Craig, you might not want to start scorekeeping because uh, when it comes to the talent that all the things that Paula puts up with you, um, this, this may not work out well for you. You might want to go ahead and go ahead and toss out um, the tally sheet, which you're now beginning to uh, put together um, to go ahead and work through that with her. I will say, Paula was right. There was one um, other person in black tie, um, and he was the photographer. Um, and so, and if you're thinking to yourself, yes, I strongly, strongly considered going and asking him, can I borrow a camera? I'll give it back to you at, at the end of the night. Well, the, the whole evening went on. It got better as the evening went on. We had to actually walk up to the head table um, and sit up there so I could be on display. The guy in the black tie, um, the guy from away. Uh, I share um, all of that with me, so perhaps you won't invite me to your next event. Um, but I, I share that with you because what, what got to me? My pride. I hated feeling foolish. Uh, I hated um, feeling like I didn't have it together. Um, I was embarrassed uh, over, at the end of the day, something silly, uh, a sartorial slip, uh, a sartorial faux pas, and, and, and yet uh, it, it wounded my pride. I wanted to look like I had it together. Uh, I wanted to look like I knew what I was doing. I didn't want to look foolish uh, in the midst uh, of all the people gathered there. Well, I, I share that with you, as, as you might expect, because here's the deal. At, at the end of the day, uh, without putting on Jesus, we're all the guy in the black tie. Without um, putting on Jesus, we're, we're all um, that guy. Um, we're all um, that girl. As, as Paul wonderfully talks about this folly of the cross that's nothing less than the power of God um, to save you and me. 
It's nothing less than the power of God uh, to make you uh, and me secure. As, as the evening went on, as I say, I was still a little embarrassed, but I, I had to laugh a little bit. I thought, you know, Lord, this is a good spiritual exercise, uh, and I'll thank you eventually um, for this learning um, opportunity to realize, yeah, we're... Where's our meaning? Where is our security? Where um, is our righteousness? Is it in what you and I can do or is it in what Jesus has done for you um, and for me? Uh, And that is the freeing message of the cross. Uh, What seems like folly, what seems like a stumbling block is that God has graciously intervened uh, on behalf of you and me to make us his sons and daughters, to forgive us, um, to restore us. Uh, And lastly, as we go down toward the end, Paul um, wonderfully writes uh, about the great gift which we have been given uh, from God. Not only um, that no human being might boast in the presence of God, and if we think about that, isn't that a relief? Um, That we have nothing um, to boast about um, in the presence of God. Uh, All you and I are required to bring is our need. All you and I are required to bring is our death. Um, That we cannot save ourselves, that we recognize his ability to save us. But Paul writes this about Jesus, and because of him, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. My invitation to you and to me is to again reflect on the truth of this, what God has accomplished once and for all in Jesus, uh, in his cross, in his blood shed for you and for me, in his resurrection from the dead. You and I are invited um, to put on um, Jesus Christ. Uh, And in putting on him and recognizing our need for him, we are clothed uh, not with the meager rags which we can put together, uh, but we are clothed by God and from God with his righteousness, with his sanctification, and with his redemption. Thanks be to God. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.